Every week, the Orange Fizz team breaks down the five most pressing questions about Syracuse athletics. Holy cow, what a big-time defensive play! No holds barred. I paid the fool. It's the Fizz Five. Five! I think we'll actually get started here. We've got a couple people in here. I'm sure more will join as we go. And it is worth getting a quick start for what was a tough game for Syracuse in this one. 73-44, to 44, your final. Illinois just beat down the Orange in this one in the latest and possibly final for a long time, ACC Big Ten Challenge. And after a couple of years of having to play Luca Garza and Iowa and a Rutgers team that made the tournament and an Indiana team that made the tournament in order, this year Illinois looks like a force, and especially so when the Fighting Illini got to play a version of the Orange who looked out of sorts and not ready to play tonight, to say the least. And if Syracuse is a tournament team like Jim Beheim said it was before the season, it needed to win games like these, but did it really surprise you that SU not only couldn't pull it out in Illinois, but just got bludgeoned by the Fighting Illini? 73-44, again, your final, nearly a 30-point loss. 29, officially your margin of defeat for the Orange. Just a really, really tough one. And Richard, you've been patient here. If you'd like to speak, go ahead and request again. I'm interested to hear what you have to say about this one. But a lot of things wrong for SU in this game. We'll break it down. we got a couple topics to cover here that I think are the major ones about this game. But before we get to any of that, Richard, let me hear your thoughts. I'll, uh, I'll give you the mic here, and you have the floor, my friend. What are your thoughts on SU in Illinois tonight? Yeah, I don't know what happened. It seemed like they had, they were in the game, and then they weren't. And there was one particular play. I don't know what time it was, but they were they were down by like seven or eight, and Gerard couldn't couldn't move the ball. He was double teamed. I don't know if he turned it over, but they just didn't execute on that. And then it just seemed like everything accelerated. Judah got a little out of control. They weren't hitting shots, and they couldn't hit free throws. If they had hit free throws in the first half, it would have been a very close game. They didn't hit free throws. They lost their confidence. And uh, the only thing I'm grateful for is that Gerard didn't play much in the second half. He was lost tonight. And three games in a row, this kid shouldn't start. He should sit and play Justin Taylor as the starter, go young. I have a whole theory about this the last four or five years about Gerard and Buddy Bayheim. Those two guys together have – they they single-handedly um, – caused kids not to come to Syracuse because Beheim wasn't going to move. Once Kadari left, it was obvious that they were never going to get the kind of kids they wanted or they needed. Anyway, I'm, I'm venting. I'm a little upset about this loss. It was a, a total, total beatdown. And I thought they had a chance to pull it out starting the second half, and I was wrong. Yeah, thank you for uh, for speaking up there. Richard, for sure. You know, I think you brought some stuff to the table that uh, it's almost like you had access to, to my notes here because we're going to cover some of that as, as we go along from Gerard to Mintz. I mean, he was in this mix as well tonight, did not have a very good game. 
Justin Taylor, again, looked pretty fresh off the bench, but, you know, there are some questions there for what Syracuse should do with this lineup. You mentioned the uh, the deficit that SU had toward the end of the first half, and it was 38-30, to 30, I think the score was, early on in the second half. It was 30-23 to 23 at halftime. Not impossible to come back from that. It's a tough test against a good team on the road, but SU has come back from worse in the past. If it had a better team, that's light work. But for this orange squad that's short on experience and dwindled on confidence very quickly when things started going wrong, it just became tougher and tougher to deal with. It was 38-30 to 30 at one point in the second half, and Illinois went on a 35-14 to 14 run to end the game. 35-14, to 14, and we're not even talking about Dino Babers' football teams. It's a football score. It's a mighty run that the Fighting Illini went on to close this game out. And as it went on in the second half, SU just got worse and worse and worse. Errant passes, guys throwing up alley-oops to no one, turnovers, fouls. Another game with an ejection, by the way, which which added some insult to injury right at the end. I think Benny was, was fair to complain about not being fouled there, and I don't necessarily agree with the, uh, the call to toss him out. But, you know, he didn't miss much of the game. The game was over. It's not like he could have saved it if he stayed in. So clearly he said something to an official that rubbed him the wrong way and got the boot for that. Tough look for Benny right at the end. But tougher looks for one of the guys you talked about, Richard, earlier, and that is Joe Girard. This is your guy in the preseason tab to put up 20 points per game, and he hasn't come close to that. At least not lately, not even close to being close. I mean, he is like way out in the wilderness Career-high 31 against Richmond was great. Almost single-handedly powered SU over the Spiders. A a pretty good Richmond team that made the tournament last year and beat Iowa and and brought some talent back. But since then, Gerard is 1-for-10 against St. John's in a game SU lost in overtime. So you have to figure if he had done better in that game, the Orange might have had that. 1-for-12 against Bryant was dreadful, especially against a team coming up on the road that to be quite honest with you, does not have very much business beating an ACC team on the road. ACC team not named Boston College or Louisville anyway. And then just over for 3 today, granted he was pulled a couple times when he wasn't hitting shots, but no points for Gerard. He didn't take a free throw in this game. He tried only one three-pointer and uh, didn't hit anything in this game. And that, for a young Syracuse team that needs his scoring – is a death sentence. Positively, they cannot do anything. They cannot hope to win a game if Joe Girard finishes with zero points in a game he starts. Girard played 20 minutes in this game. He played a full half and had no points. It just cannot happen. It can't be done. So, brutal stretch and a slump for a senior who this team is counting on. Jim Bayham's going to be blunt and say that Joe has to do better, and Joe will probably say the same thing, but there's no easy answer for what's going on with him. You know you know what he can be when he's on and what he's supposed to be, but too many times he's not that. He's not quite what he's supposed to be. I'm not sure if the pressure of some better opponents has gotten to him. I think he's short on confidence right now, which is a surprising problem to have for a guy who is a shooter by nature and has also been in a Syracuse uniform for now four seasons. 
to look this short on confidence as an upperclassman and as a guy people are counting on, that does not inspire much confidence from the fan base, to use that word again. It's not a good feeling to have your, your main scorer just suddenly wilting in the spotlight, it feels like. But Syracuse's backcourt as a whole did not do very well tonight. Judah Mintz did not have a good game. And it's definitely a good idea to not be as hard on him because, after all, he is a freshman. He does start, so we hold him to a high standard. But this was his worst offensive night in his in an orange uniform. You know, we can't just talk about Gerard. Mintz starts for a reason. He's the point guard. He's the distributor. He has to score points, and he finished 3 of 16 with nine points in this game, 0 for 2 from 3, made half of his free throws, missed three free throws in this game, turned it over four times, had four fouls in 34 minutes. I, th- I thought it was a surprise right off the rip that he started this game after instigating the Bryant fight, and he did instigate it, slapped Doug Eddard right across the face. I thought he would sit to start and have Jim Beheim just teach him a little bit of a lesson as kind of an old-school guy, but he started. But SU can't have such a bad day from its guards. I don't know if Mintz was pressing to make up for the Bryant game, the time he missed, or if he was overcompensating because Gerard was clearly off. But SU cannot have a combined three for 19 day from its guards. And Mintz shot a whole lot more than did Gerard, but goodness, both these guys couldn't hit anything tonight. And that usually spells trouble for any team if your guards are both not hitting. But for this orange squad, they can't really get scoring from a lot of other places. That doomed them. Absolutely killed them today. So if you take a look at the bench and you think who can score and who can possibly play the two if Gerard continues to struggle, Justin Taylor might be your guy right now. He should, at the very least, ignite a little bit of a fire under Gerard. Keyword in that sentence is should, because Jim Bayham has been such a longtime Gerard supporter and is generally, you know, an old school guy. I think it's it's highly doubtful he just puts a senior on the bench and starts a freshman after three years of defending Gerard and the point that was made earlier about uh, Kadari Richmond a couple years ago. I'm not so sure that that costs Syracuse dearly in recruiting because you look at what they did this year. Obviously, they got guys to come in. Judah Mintz was not deterred by the fact that Kadari Richmond two years ago grumbled his way through a season because he wasn't playing enough. I mean, he's at Seton Hall and isn't a game breaker. He's a good player. He's starter quality, but he's not GMAC. He's, he's, not, he's not John Morant. You know, he's, he's not a, uh, a dominator or some savior that I think SU fans started treating him like he was one of those at the time. But I don't, I don't know about that recruiting thing um, at the end of the day. I think Gerard and Buddy deserve the spots they had. SU made the tournament two years ago. They came a couple plays away last year from being much better than they were. I'm not sure it was all on them. So roundabout kind of getting a little bit off topic Gerard has been stuck with over the last couple of years. Jim Beheim has gotten awfully testy defending him in press conferences. I don't think you see any change right now, but if you look at the stat sheet and you take a blind resume approach to this, you have one guy who can play the two who has scored 31 points over his last two games. And you have another guy 
who's two for 25 over his last three games. We know the two for 25 guy is going to continue to start. How big a problem that is and why that is, is a question that Jim Beheim can only answer. I know the 31 points is a little misleading because Justin Taylor is that guy, and he had 25 points a game ago and only six tonight. But the guy's got a good stroke. He can play the two. And with Gerard struggling the way that he is, he should play more of the two. On the broadcast tonight, the crew on ESPN started talking about who looked better at guard. Simir Torrance was in the game, and they commented, Dave Passion Company, that Torrance and Mintz looked like the guard combo that was playing the best. And occasionally you would be inclined to agree with them because Simir Torrance assisted on a, on a bucket. He just did his thing. He's the experience in that group. Gerard didn't look like a guy who's been there and done that tonight. He looked like, he looked like one of the class of 22 guys tonight. He was totally out of sorts. Beheim said after the Colgate game that he was considering lineup changes, but he started the same five guys every, every game so far this year. From Chris Bell to Judah to Gerard to Edwards. And he's doing it this year like he did last year. And he's doing it like he did the year before that. I mean, lineup change is not something that usually hits these squads for Bayheim, But at the end of the day, Gerard just has to be better. And we actually have a member of our Fizz crew in Illinois right now, Ian Unsworth is in here, and he is at the presser where Jim Beheim is about to take the podium. So we'll we'll listen into a little bit of Beheim here if we can, Ian. I am uh, interested to hear what he has to say about some things. We can listen in for a little bit. So I'll yield the floor to Ian, who's not going to talk, but he'll be listening, and we'll be able to hear what Beheim says about a couple different things after this game. frustrated and he played terribly and it was nothing to do with any calls or anything. And you can't lose your temper at the end. Like that's just childish and immature and you know, he's a sophomore. He can't do that. Uh, it's unfortunate that he would do that because he's really not, he's really a quiet kid, doesn't do much. But it's frustration 
you know, I couldn't play the other night. We were sick and couldn't get anything tonight going. And uh, I got frustrated, but I need to understand that's no excuse. Coach, this is your first time here. What do you think of it? Really good place. Really good building. Um, yeah, really good. Great place. Especially Syracuse where you know Syracuse media Jim Illinois used Coleman Hawkins so in the, the middle there against your zone. Yeah. What did you see from him to have the kind of game that he did? Yeah, he was we did a better job in the first half of defending that. Um, he did a better job in the second half that we did defending. You know, he was good in there, he had really good passes and finished a few when they were there. Um, yeah, he was, he was really good. We still defensively are not, you know, as good as we, we used to be. And uh, he's pretty good. Coach, what do you All right, well, there you have it. Not a very long post-game press conference for Jim Beheim. Obviously, a little bit little bit tough to hear at times, but uh, appreciate you, Ian, for coming in here and, and sharing that with us. I'm sure there were people who were awfully intrigued to hear what Syracuse's head man had to say after this one tonight. 73-44, to 44, Illinois over Syracuse. We've talked about Joe Girard, and we've talked about Judah Mintz. And if you couldn't hear very well for the presser, I couldn't hear exactly what Beheim said either, but he first got a question about Gerard, and someone asked, do you think he's just low on confidence right now? And to me, it sounded like Beheim said, no, he's a senior. Well, he is a senior, but anyone can be short on confidence, especially when they're not playing well. And Gerard certainly hasn't played well. That is for certain. And then I thought he was a little harsh on, on Williams. Talked about the ejection at the end of the game. Said that, Williams played terribly, to use his word. I think that is a little bit extreme. I mean, Benny didn't blow blow the stat sheet away, but a lot of guys on this team didn't shoot very well tonight. Chris Bell, 3 for 9. Mintzfree, 3 for 16. Gerard went 0 for. Benny Williams, 2 for 6. Jesse, 3 for 9. Those are five starters. 15 for 54 combined, under 28% as a starting five. So I guess if Benny Williams played terribly, then the rest of them did too. Against a good Illinois team, mind you, Terrence Shannon, the, uh, the sharpshooter, the senior guard for Illinois, didn't even have that great a game. He had 17 points, five of 17 shooting. He certainly had more efficient days than this, but he didn't have to blow SU off the court. I mean, Sky Clark is well 0 for 10 in this game. He was dreadful, the freshman guard. But Illinois got enough. Coleman Hawkins was really good in this game, 7 for 11 from the floor. And even though Jesse Edwards, again, was snagging down rebounds, 21 a game ago and 17 tonight, SU isn't getting rebounds from anybody else. And I think that's that's the crux of what's wrong with this team right now is you have certain players who bring to the table – to this team certain things and SU has proven that without those things it really can't beat you Syracuse needs scoring from Judah Mintz and Joe Girard and it needs rebounding from Jesse Edwards and it needs all three of those things 
if it wants any chance to beat any opponent. Tonight, it didn't get scoring from Minson Gerard. It got some rebounding from Edwards, another good game for him at the boards, but not enough offense from Jesse. He spent most of his time hauling down rebounds, part of the job description, of course. But the problem is, is when you don't get anything from your guards, Edwards has to do more offensively, and he didn't do that. It puts the pressure on other people. And Syracuse just doesn't have the doesn't have the depth, doesn't have the experience, and doesn't have the wherewithal in, in tough road environments against good teams like this to muscle out games the, the way it does. It doesn't have the guys to play the 2-3 zone like it needs to. For a long time tonight, the defense looked pretty decent, but 73 points on the board made it uglier by a 13-2 run over the past three and a half minutes for Illinois. But this is not your Rakeem Christmas 2-3 zone. This is not your zone backed up by Devo and Johnny Flint. Those days are gone. I think this makes it clearer more than ever that Syracuse doesn't quite have the guys, at least right now, to play the way it wants to. And I'm not sure this team is playing the way that even Jim Beheim expected them to, because at this point, I still take his tournament team thing seriously before the season, even though right now it looks completely unserious and that he might have been a year or two ahead of himself. But if this team is a tournament team right now, they're lucky to get into the CBI because they're not close to anything higher than that. And they won't be close if, it, if their players continue to play this way and don't improve quickly. Because the ACC schedule this year for Syracuse might be a little softer. Saves them road trips to UNC and Duke. But there's still good teams in this conference. And right now, Syracuse looks like it's at the bottom of the barrel. Along with teams like BC, Georgia Tech, and Louisville. Maybe that's an overreaction on the part of myself or whoever thinks that with a 29-point loss to a team that's in the top 25 in Ken Palm. And will certainly be a tournament team this year. But goodness, a poor showing for SU tonight, to put it lightly. 29-point loss to the Fighting Illini of Illinois. And now Syracuse just has to regroup ahead of Notre Dame on Saturday. Another road trip, this time to South Bend on December 3rd. SU tips off from Purcell Pavilion at noon against the Fighting Irish. So don't miss that one unless you're scarred from tonight because SU put up a dreadful performance down in Champaign. So we'll have more Fizz coverage for that Notre Dame game on Saturday. SU gets a couple days here in the week to regroup and finally get done with the ACC Big Ten Challenge. But until then, make sure to log on to theorangefizz.com and keep updated with our written content. We'll have Game coverage live and then post-game coverage from the Notre Dame game as well. A Fizz space and an article, so pay attention to that to keep up with this SU team. Hopefully things get better here and quickly because it'll be a long year for us on the Fizz and for everyone else following the team if the Orange continue to play the way they did tonight. But for now, this has been Carter Bainbridge for the OrangeFizz.com. Follow along on our site for more SU Hoops coverage. We'll see you next game for our next post-game Twitter space. Thanks to all of you who have tuned in tonight. See you next time. And that's your Fizz 5. Listen next week. Subscribe, rate, and review. This has been an Orange Fizz production.